Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 26. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And in the middle of the week, let me pray for us today. Uh, and it is fantastic that it is the middle of the week. I love this. He's only saying this because I rolled my <laughs> eyes when he said the middle of the week. And now he's like, it is amazing that it is it the is. middle of the week. I'm going to talk and about the middle of the week today, some more. Yes. I actually finished day three of my orientation. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, it's fantastic. So here we go. Uh, let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, bless today. Bless uh, all, wherever we gathered at work, at uh, with our families and conversations that we have as we read this word uh, may inspire us and uh, gather us together in new communities. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I should say that this morning at Boulder Church, we have a bike to work station, yes. a breakfast station. So if you I'm happen to be... That listening and you're close enough where you can bike to our church even if you're not going to work i mean i don't care stop by and get some breakfast say hello you know uh pastor jay uh, murdoch told me an amazing story actually about did he tell you about this about the the person that he met no um so he oh i know what it was he was riding like, somewhere do you have a story yes. I, I was just remembering okay. what how it how it actually happened he was riding somewhere he met somebody uh on this on this trail uh and he ended up talking to this person for like maybe 45 minutes uh, on this trail right. in Boulder. Turns out the guy goes to bike to work and he always stops at the station at our church every oh. year. And uh, he absolutely loves it and just thinks it's the best thing ever and he doesn't understand why more people don't do it and he just thinks went off. And then Jay said, well, I'm going to be there at this station. It's like, oh, that's great. And they got into this huge thing and wonderful thing and said, so he's looking forward to seeing him oh, there. How awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's that's great. very cool. He's Another happy customer. Yeah, cool. it's fantastic. We do and, a pretty good bike to work. And it was because he said he actually liked because it had it's the only uh, station that has vegan, yes, uh, vegan food. That's what it was as well. We have vegan options and gluten yeah. free options. Yeah, and he said that was the really impressive stuff. So, cool. but back to the passage. Yes, <laughs> I need to read it, don't I? Because I yes. haven't done that yet. I've been no. busy talking about bike to work. Okay, <laughs> the New International Version, the NIV, Genesis chapter thirty nine one through twenty, and we have a subheading. Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. 
No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And that's where it stops. Yes. But while Joseph was, yes. It actually has one more line. But while Joseph was there in prison, comma. <laughs> but I'm not going to read that because it feels pointless. Yeah, because, yeah. I think that's part of a... It's like a novel by Kafka that just <laughs> ends like in mid-sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's got to be, that's got to be verse 21. Well, there is. It's just not on this yeah. piece of paper, and we're not okay. supposed to read it. And da, 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 da. Yeah, so we did yes. not read it. Just take no. that back. It's take like back. The, the lawyer who says Go something. Go read that on your own time. And then the judge says, you just to That's remove to, from to your be memory. stricken from the record is yes. what they say on television. Totally. I Not that I've ever watched that, but I do. All right, here we go. Question for today. Even though Joseph did the right thing, he was severely punished. Why do we often assume faithfulness will be rewarded? When it comes to sexual purity, is there a reward for restraint? Is there a reward for being good? Well, can I just point out the obvious? Joseph was rewarded. He was first punished and then he was sent to prison. But then, as we know, he went on to become the warden of the entire prison. And And then then later on, he went on to be second in command for all of Egypt. Yeah. Things went very well for Joseph. He really wasn't punished. But I I understand Sam's point. Yes. That, um, yes, in the... Short term, he probably felt a little... Not for everybody, though, right? That's the thing. Well, we're talking about Joseph here. But you're saying that sometimes people do the right thing and they are punished. Yeah. And that we do have this idea that if we're faithful, things will work out for the best. He uses the prosperity gospel as an example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pastor Sam does. And I wonder whether whether we have actually portrayed this so much uh, as, as as he was sharing that it... It kind of like overpowers everything else. And so when things don't work out, when things go bad, you kind of get upset about that and you break away and you're not able to kind of like persevere and hold in there because you're just like, it should work out for me. Well, and this is such an interesting question. The second part of it, when it comes to sexual purity, is there a reward for restraint? Is there a reward for being good? I would say no, there's no reward. I mean, you you could be as sexually pure as you want and it doesn't mean that anything in your life is going to work out. No, it could be a disaster. Well, yes. 
or it could be multiple disasters, or it could be, or it could be fine. But yes, it's not it's directly not. connected to your purity or lack thereof. The correlation. Yes, there's correlation is not causation, and yes, also there is I'm no correlation. Even I'm surprised you haven't thought of doing this as one of your research ideas. I mean, well, oh, I, I feel like I already know the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been done. Yeah, um, no. They do a lot of surveys on Christians and. The, their divorce rates yeah. and the rates of premarital sex, all this kind of stuff. So I well, think we know I think that's quite the, a bit about the difficulty it. is that if, if that's the motive... That uh, you're going to be rewarded. You're going to be rewarded, and that's why you should be... And I think that's the tension that we, we put in for all these things, is that you only do these things so you can get rewards. Well, I mean, uh, I, I've always to, thought the whole sexual purity virginity thing is just a bit odd anyway, because you are that up to a certain point in your life, and then after that point... You are not that any longer. So making it be like this big thing kind of, I don't know, then what are you supposed to do the whole rest of your life where you're not, quote, pure anymore? It just, it feels like a weird, I think, I a think weird the, thing to focus on. I think the purity thing is, I think the, the, the word, because it's, because it's pure and then it's not pure once you're married, it, that's the weird element inside it. Well, I mean, you're not pure once you've actually had sex. Yes, presumably. But, but we don't talk about it for those who actually waited until they got married, and then once they get married, are they not no longer pure as well? And so it's just the know. language that we use. Well, I just yeah, I think the whole thing it. is so weird, and it is complex, and it's it's, it's a title lots of different and things. And nothing like that the, would guarantee that you will be happier. No, it's not, and I think that's the I think that's where Sam is actually trying to push push us into this place of like, do you choose to do things that are the right thing? the good thing because you want a reward or do you do the right thing because you are you know emotionally mature you are you are spiritually moving that direction in and you're doing it not because of reward so was joseph thinking ah oh, i'm not going to do this because i'm going to get promoted i'm going to do that i'm just going to or did he do it because it's like this is the right thing to do irrespective of the results and well, i think he felt like he'd already received a lot of rewards yeah i think so he wanted to show gratitude for what yeah. was already going right and in his life. So you could fair. think about it that way too. But knowing that there, could, there will be consequences, mm. he was willing to go through with it. So let me repeat the question one more time because our time's up. Even though Jesus, Joseph, even though Jesus, even though Joseph did the right thing, he was severely punished. Why do we often assume faithfulness will be rewarded? When it comes to sexual purity, is there a reward for restraint and is there a reward for being good? Think about that. Look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other and live love.